we've been doing a series called uh, the words that matter about the words that Jesus spoke from the cross. And so we're going to continue that this morning. It's, um, I want to read to you from the gospel of John chapter 19. Near the cross of Jesus stood his mother, his mother's sister, Mary, the wife of Clopas, and Mary Magdalene. And when Jesus saw his mother there and the disciple whom he loved standing nearby, he said to her, woman, here is your son. And to the disciple, here is your mother. And from that time, his disciple took her into his home. Have you ever wished that Jesus was physically present with us? It would make life a lot easier, wouldn't it? If, uh, if we wanted to know something, we could just go up and, and ask him, and he would tell us. Sometimes when life was uh, difficult and we find ourselves going off by ourselves somewhere and just sitting down and trying to figure out what to do, and you would feel a hand on your shoulder and turn around and there he would be, standing there, smiling at you, sit down and talk to you. And he would speak your language, and so you would never have to go to church again and listen to some preacher explaining a Greek word telling you what Jesus really meant when he said that. You could just ask him, and he would tell you. I think most of us kind of wish that that were the reality. It would be so much easier if he were right here with us, physically present with us, and we could see him. I think of scenes from the Gospels, like uh, when, when Mark tells us that Jesus was asleep in the boat and he was resting his head on a cushion. And there'd be times you'd just see Jesus doing things, you, just, you wouldn't even bother him, you would just watch. And we would get to hear his jokes, we would hear him laugh, we would know the sound of his voice. And when we needed him, he would be right there. We could reach out and touch him. That would be wonderful. You know, there were some lucky people who experienced that. People who actually walked with Jesus when he was in a physical body, who heard him, who, who lived with him, who knew him, and no one knew him better than Mary, who was his mother. She felt the birth pains that brought him into this world, and I imagine she felt the most pain as he was leaving this world. She rocked him to sleep. She taught him how to write his name. When he scraped his knee, she's the one who held him. He was her child. She was his mother. And like most parents, we don't always understand our children. And so before he was born, the angel told her that this child was going to be the savior of the world. <laughs> well, that was certainly a lot to grasp. And she remembered that time when he got lost and she and Joseph went looking for him and they found him back at the temple discussing theology with the elders and the scribes. And uh, they were rather surprised. And he said, why are you surprised? Didn't you know I would be about my father's business? And maybe they should have known, but they didn't. There was so much to know. It was hard to know. It was hard to understand who he was. And as he grew up, he became even more difficult to understand. There's that story about how his parents came to see him once, or his mother and his brothers and sisters came to see him. And... Um, they couldn't get in, and they said, tell Jesus it's his mother and his brothers and sisters here. You know, we're family. Let us in. And Jesus responded by saying, pointing to his disciples and saying, these are my mother 
and my brothers and my sisters. And I can only imagine that that must have been a bit painful for Mary to hear. And so now what could be more difficult for a mother? She kneels at the foot of the cross where her son hangs, suffering, he is dying. Old Simeon was right. He told Mary early on that this child would be the cause of pain that would feel like a sword had pierced her heart. And right now Mary is watching him dying on the cross and that sword is just rotating in her heart. She felt it now. If you're a parent, you know there is nothing worse than watching your child suffer. And so there she was, and she kept her vigil. And John tells us that as Jesus hung there dying, that there were a few of his family and friends who stayed around there at the foot of the cross. The disciple whom Jesus loved was there. And of course, you know, in the Gospel of John, uh, John is always referred to as the disciple whom Jesus loved, mainly because John wrote the Gospel. Uh, Jesus didn't love John any more than he did the other Gospels, but if you write the book, you can describe yourself however you want. Um, if Peter doesn't like it, he can write his own Gospel. So, so John is there, and uh, Mary, the wife of Clopas, is there. Mary, Jesus' mother, is there, and her sister, who remains unnamed. And Mary Magdalene is there. There's a lot of Marys. Uh, It's the same group of women Matthew names as being at the tomb uh, on Easter Sunday morning. And it's important to, to recognize that in John's gospel, Jesus is no victim. He carries his own cross. No one hurls insults at him in John's gospel. And in John's gospel, even while Jesus is on the cross, he's taking care of his mother and he's taking care of everything that needs to be done. And when he finally dies... He says it is finished and he gives up his spirit. No one takes it from him. So in John's gospel, Jesus is completely in control of everything. We're not worried about Jesus. But we are worried about his followers. Because what are they going to do now? How are they going to keep going without him being physically present with them? What's going to happen to them? Are they going to end up like him? Will they be able to carry on without his physical presence among them? It's it's not Jesus that we're worried about this morning. It's his disciples, his followers that we worry about. And you know, from the cross, Jesus looked at Mary, and it must have been hard for him. Because it's hard to watch your mother suffer over something you've done. And it was hard because Jesus knew she didn't understand what he was doing. The last time Mary's mentioned in John's gospel is all the way back in chapter 2 where she and Jesus kind of got into an argument over what to do about the, um, the couple who ran out of wine at their wedding. And then Jesus did something really surprising. He looked at Mary, his mother, and, and I think he, hanging there, he must have nodded his head a little toward the disciple John, and he said, Here is your son. And he looked at John and he said, Here is your mother. And there from the cross, Jesus gave them to each other. 
You see, with these words, Jesus established a radical new relationship. Before, there was only family to rely on if you needed something. But here at the front of the cross, Jesus establishes a new family. The family is made up of everyone who follows him. To his mother, he points to the disciple and he says, this is now your son. And to the disciple, he points to his mother and says, this is now your mother. And a new family is born. People who are blood kin, and it's Jesus' blood that relates us to one another. Here at the foot of the cross, Jesus forms the church. We are his new family. We come to the cross alone, seeking forgiveness, seeking wholeness. But when we leave, we leave with each other. At the cross, Jesus gave us to each other. So how are his disciples going to continue forward with Jesus no longer physically present with them? This is how. He said, there they are. There's your family. Lean on them. And that day, a group of people came together at a cross for no reason except their love for Jesus. Every one of them was hurting. There was a mother who lost a son, a disciple who lost a best friend. And they all went to the cross grieving. And they all walked away from the cross grieving too, but they walked away arm in arm, knowing they would never have to grieve alone ever again. I really like what William Willimon wrote, quote, in a culture like ours dominated by family values where we have nothing better to command our allegiance to than our own blood relatives, this is one of the good things the church does for many of us. In baptism, we are rescued from family. Our families, as good as they are, are, are too narrow, too restricted. So in baptism, we are adopted into a family large enough to make our lives more interesting, <laughs> end quote. You see, in church, we're thrown together with a bunch of strangers and told that they are our brothers and our sisters. And it stretches us. It stretches us to learn to love people who don't look like us and who don't think like us. And Jesus, you know, he gave us this new family because we need that kind of stretch. And since Jesus is no longer present with us physically, we have each other to lean on. You know, sometimes life gets complicated and we go through difficult situations and we wish Jesus were here physically present with us to tell us what to do. And we wonder, what are we gonna do? How are we gonna get through this? And Jesus says to us, there's your mother, there's your brother, there's your sister. That's how you're going to get through it. Lean on them. That's why they're here. You're going to make it together. I give you to each other. And to each of you who were baptized and confirmed this morning, you just got a great big family. <laughs> it, your family just, just got much larger. And sometimes you will find yourself wondering, what am I supposed to do next? How do I get through this? And you're going to wish Jesus was present so he could talk to us and tell us. 
And his word is your mother, your brothers, your sisters. That's how you get through it. That's how all of us get by. And that's the gospel message for every one of us today, folks. God has given us to each other. So we pray for each other. We care for each other. We serve each other. We help each other when we go through difficult times. We reach out to each other and we have to make this a reality. We no longer live just for ourselves, but we live for each other as well. From the cross, Jesus told those who loved him, I'm no longer going to be, going to be physically present with you, but you have each other. That's how you're going to get by. That's how you're going to make it through. You're going to lean on each other. We can't reach out and touch Jesus physically today, but you can see his family. Just look around. There's his mother. There's his brother. There's his sister. And when we need encouragement and help, we turn to each other because we're a family now. Put together at the foot of the cross, Jesus gave us to each other. And we encourage one another in our faith in the God we can't see by the way we live together with the people that we can see. Amen.